0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
1: We're live! (laughs) I said hey! Hey! Welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said hey! Hey! Welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're gonna drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really
0: fine cigar.
2: It's time for Happy Hour. It's the Man Cave Happy Hour. Whiskey, cigar, spirits, and stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, I am Matthew Fox. And we are downtown, downtown a, Detroit. One of our favorite destinations. We love getting in the house. city. And we're at the Sugar we're, House. We're,
0: we're in Corktown. Yes. It's the Sugar House. We're getting our
2: Irish on.
0: Yes, we are. And we're
2: going to get our Scottish on.
0: Yeah, we're getting our Scottish on tonight. Because, we have a very special guest with us tonight, yes,
2: too. Uh, national brand ambassador. Mm-hmm. Cameron, Cameron George. Absolutely. And uh, you represent both uh, Ardbeg
3: and Glenmorangie. Absolutely. Yeah. More orangey. More, more orangey. orangey. Yes. yes. Glen more orangey. Glenmorangie. There uh, it got. is. Uh, and Ardbeg, two very iconic distilleries from Scotland. Yes. Uh, I fell in love with both of them quite, quite early in my bartending career. Actually, Glenmo was the first whiskey that I ever fell in love with. Nice. Uh, and I have not looked back ever since.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kind of stuck with the Scottish, the absolutely. The whiskey the I, you
3: scotch. know, I bounced around. I, I fell in love with quite a few different American whiskeys, and I, I had my love affair with Mescal as well. Ah. Uh, but honestly, I, it's always been about Scotch for me. So okay. yeah, I came right back to it. Ardbeg, I, I visited out at Ardbeg five years ago and fell in love with that distillery, that place, the people, and now. Five years later, I get to be national ambassador for, for my favorite brand on the planet. That's uh, yeah.
2: that is, That's pretty amazing.
3: So what led you to
2: uh, being a brand ambassador? Is there, Was there a college degree behind this? Was it just <laughs> years of drinking? What, <laughs> what is it a blend of the two, like scotches? What is it?
3: Um, yeah. So just kind of a little bit about me, um, actually, no, it wasn't a college degree. I ended up deciding I was finished at university. Uh, I was going to school in Portland, and I moved home. My mom is a very tough love kind of human being, All right. so she decided, you know what, nah, you can't live here. You gotta get a job, you gotta find a way to put food on your table, and so I started washing dishes at a dive bar, and I found out that I loved the way that bars made people feel. They're about community. They're about people desiring to be a part of something more than just themselves. And I also fell in love with, you know, spirits as well. Uh, After working in the dive bar, I went into kind of a craft cocktail scene, uh, started working at a lot of well-known craft cocktail bars in Seattle, Washington, my home. Uh, and you know, from there, just started learning a lot more about spirits, about the intersection of culture, and you know, encapsulating time in a bottle—that's what whiskey is. Ooh, right. uh, and so, I just fell in love with that, like, and I developed a very strong passion for it. So, stuck with it.
0: You have to be a people person to do what you
3: do as well. Absolutely. You have
0: to want to know it. You want to get to know people.
3: Absolutely. you have,
0: you have to be able to talk on a level. Mm-hmm. And doing what you do today, you know, you, you can talk on a very high level. But we're novices on the Man-Kid Happy Hour. (laughs) That's (laughs) all good. We're here to learn. We're here to learn. So, you know, appreciate all the knowledge that you bring to the table Mm -hmm. tonight. Um, My question for you guys, for, for you right now is, what led you down to pick the cocktails Mm-hmm. so far tonight. Absolutely,
3: yeah. So
0: the two cocktails that we're
3: featuring right now, the Riptide, which actually has a little bit of Glenmorangie and some Ardbeg as well as a little bit of Guava. Um, Glenmorangie aims to make one of the lightest and cleanest and most floral styles of distillate on the market. Uh, They make what I lovingly refer to as breakfast whiskey, right? So so it's (laughs) such an incredible. (laughs) incredible I'm pulling pulling
2: catchphrases out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's a time in a bottle, breakfast (laughs) whiskey. I love this. All right. Exactly.
3: So Glenmorangie makes very, like, just very approachable, very um, floral style of Scotch, and then its older brother, actually, because Ardbeg actually predates Glenmorangie distillery. Okay. Um, Ardbeg makes this very just large, untamed, just beast of a whiskey, right? So those two things working in tandem can do some really beautiful things. Some of the nuance that I love about Ardbeg is that it's not only just smoke and gloom and doom. Right. We actually aim to make what is, in effect, the lightest spirit on Isla as well. So that's why Ardbeg goes so well with citrus. You're like looking at me light, like, what do so, you mean? it's so
0: light, right? right?
3: So it's heavily peated, yes. but we're also the only Isla whiskey distillery with what we call a purifier on our stills. Ooh. So that purifier actually allows us to kind of fake some of the reflux that Glenmorangie achieves naturally okay. because they have very tall, Still is actually the tallest in all of Scotland, right? Oh, these stills right. have been around
0: since 1843. Yeah. Exactly. So
3: the ones that Glen Morringey came in t- uh, the, were not installed by the Maitland brothers who actually built the distillery. Sure. They were actually installed late in the 70s, oh, right? Okay. Um, at Ardbeg, however, the purifier the piece of equipment that i spoke about a little bit earlier there's actually no written record of when that went onto the stills at Ardbeg so that's kind of part of the lore of the distillery is that you know we don't know when this went on but we've actually had it um on the stills essentially every iteration of the stills that we've done at Ardbeg we're even now going through an expansion where two new stills are being added the spirit still that's being added at Ardbeg will actually also have a purifier as well
2: because we were commenting as we were trying the uh, welcome cocktails and we always love when there's welcome cocktails. Mm-hmm. We know we know we're we're in trouble when there's welcome, <laughs> welcome cocktails. cocktails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were we were noting that the the Manhattan made primarily with the yard bag. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you're a sucker for it. Really. Right, you you love a Manhattan.
2: Really light. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And then there it's like a little cucumber as a garnish. Uh, right. and so you really you're not expecting that light, fresh. Yep. Um, especially when you have a
3: Scotch-based mm-hmm. Manhattan, uh, and I taste it. There's a lot of peat, but it's not. It's not heavy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, again, like that. Even though Ardbeg, so Ardbeg is such a, a kind of like a peaty paradox of a whiskey, right? Okay. So the most heavily peated whiskey in regular production. That's
2: my rapper name, by but the way. Peaty, pe- pe- paradox. peaty
3: paradox. Peaty paradox. I love that. That is gold. and it, it should not. be. And I look forward to the album Petty and Peaty when you put that out, right? It's going to have a yeah. very Irish feel to it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Lots so, of pipes. Um, so yes, actually Ardbeg, you know, we do utilize a, a phenolic malt barley base of about... 55 to 65 parts per million, right? So essentially phenols are these like water-soluble, kind of like heavier organic compounds that will essentially attach themselves to the outside of the husk of of barley throughout the malting process, specifically in the drying phase, right? So when you go to dry barley that's actually being malted, right? What happens is, for the first 16 hours, our malting facility, Port Ellen, uh, Port Ellen Maltings, is going to take peat, right? So peat moss—that's essentially just decaying plant matter—that lives in a carbon neutral, like or a carbon-rich environment, so it doesn't decay all the way. So it's got a lot of organic um, fusels that can still be like ignited and burned, right? So when you burn that over the first 16 hours, some of that smoke, that peat smoke, carries forward what you call. Um, phenols, so those phenols will attach themselves to the outside of the malted barley, and that's what gives you the uh, aromatics and the flavor of wow. smoke, right? All right, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly.
0: My mind just blew. Like, <laughs> I love, I love the information. I love mm-hmm. the information. Right?
2: So, so Ardbeg and Glenmorangie, um, are they uh, affiliated, or are you just are, are they? How are they connected?
3: Uh, they are brother, sister, brother and brother, sister and sister, however you want to refer to it. These, uh, these two distilleries will forever be linked. Okay. Uh, 1997, Glenmorangie company came in and actually purchased Ardbeg. Okay. Ardbeg had been essentially closed since 1981, well at least from 81 till 89. Okay. And then again from 91 until 97, the distillery was actually set to be knocked down and be demolished. Glenmorangie came in and bought it and do you want to take a guess at how much they spent to buy the distillery?
0: Okay, is this oh. like, is this It's like either a like higher
2: or lower. Right? Or yeah, it's, a, You know, because yeah. either they got it for a steal yeah. or right. they right. took it's a one, bath Exactly. On it. it's, one or the uh, other. Right. it's one or the other. Well, if it so. was scheduled for destruction. I'm gonna go low. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say you know under a million, maybe maybe seven fifty. I'm gonna go under.
0: I'm gonna go under seven point five million.
3: Exactly, you'd be you basically be exactly right. So about seven million, a lot. Yep, seven million. A large part of the purchase was actually um, for some of the whiskeys that had been sitting Uh, there throughout some of the the seventy the seventies and. They had been sitting dormant during the 80s as well, right? Is
0: anything, stuff was sitting in barrels for a while?
3: Yep, yeah, stuff was sitting in barrels for, for quite a long time okay. um, because there was just no activity at the distillery right. because the whiskey industry was quite honestly taking a nosedive off of a cliff, you know? Sure. Um, whiskey had lost a lot of popularity, people were drinking a lot of vodka. Uh, right. Single Malt specifically, there were mass closures across the industry. Uh, so Ardbeg suffered and ended up closing. And Glenmorangie is kind of the light at the end of the tunnel that kind of pulled us out of that darkness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So
2: they will be uh, intertwined for some yes. time. for, something. Yep, for you. So you have a master distiller. Yes. Uh, Dr. Doct. I love he's got a doctor. Dr. Right?
3: Bill Lumsden. Yeah.
2: So Dr. Bill, is uh, is he the master distiller at both locations for so, both?
3: Yes, uh, Dr. Bill doesn't work out of either distillery. Right. His actual office is in Edinburgh um, at what we call the Cube, right? The, the, cube. the cube. cube? The Cube. The Cube. Cube. I like yeah. that. Yep. I like cubes. Exactly. So the Cube is essentially the, um, the, 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 like the crown jewel in, in the mad scientist's crown, you know? So okay. that's where he does all of the nosing of each whiskey that Ardbeg and Glenmorangie put out. And have put out since 1995, I believe, is when he started at uh, when he started with Glenmorangie Company. So he is in effect the head of our whiskey creation team. Uh, he does have a brilliant young man by the name of Brendan McCarran, mm-hmm. who is his right hand. And then Jillian, who is uh, essentially the, the other right hand. There's no left <laughs> hand in this situation as well, Everybody right? Everybody
0: knows exactly what exactly, is Exactly, right?
3: yeah. Uh, so the three of them are the whiskey creation team behind Ardbeg and Glenmorangie. Each distillery does have a distillery manager that oversees day-to-day production and production of the new-make spirit.
2: All right. And so there's there's several offerings from from each of the distilleries. Yes. And we have two in front of us, one from each. We asked you give us you a little fit. something, right? Yeah. We we enjoyed the cocktails immensely, but let's let's try the naked soul. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> see what we got. So let's start with well
3: where should we start? Right. So I would say let's start with the Glen Quinta Ruban, right? Okay. Quinta Ruban. Um, so, Glen Morangie Quinta Ruban is quite an interesting whiskey that's just gone through a very fun facelift. Right? Okay. So the original Quinta Ruban was actually um, part of what we call the EMR range. Extended, matured range, right? Okay. EMR, right? So at Glenmorangie, they are the masters of finishing whiskies. Essentially since the mid-60s, 1967, they started experimenting with secondary aging of, uh, of, new, of, of spirit in secondary barrels, right? Okay. So meaning they'll take a barrel or they'll take new-made new spirit, put it into ex-bourbon barrels, Right. and then pull that out of the ex-bourbon barrel and put it into another style of cask, right? So they started that when they started essentially messing around with sherry casks, right? Yes. Quintur Ruban is not a sherry cask finish. It's actually a ruby port cask finish, Ooh, okay. right? So we've taken that whiskey that we've laid down for 10 years and then put it into ruby port casks. For That's how long? Now, how long
2: does it hang out in the ruby port casks?
3: So realistically, this first batch of quintu Ruban is between... 11 and 11 and 12 years in the ex bourbon and about two and a half to three years in the port cast the
2: color yes is gorgeous it's shocking uh it's yeah i mean the the color on this it's
0: got an amber look to it absolutely it's a very clear depending on the light hitting it it, it,
2: you get a rose
3: glare here and there nailed it you absolutely nailed that that's one of my favorite elements about pouring this whiskey is not only the way it looks in glass or the way that it looks um, you know uh, as you're um, essentially in the bottle but as it how it looks when it's coming out of the bottle into your glass you get this perfect like ruby red almost grapefruit undertone that sits and kind of rides along like the the copper the amber notes as well it's just a beautiful whiskey to look at in the Sun it's 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 shockingly beautiful
2: (laughs) so now when I nose this because we got one to split here Matt you're getting sloppy seconds I should have thought I had you know sorry what? gents I should have grabbed That's two That's okay I'll, yeah. I'll no, take it good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> So as as I'm nosing this one, what what should I what what should I look, what should I look for? Absolutely, vicariously for a yeah. second. So
3: first and foremost, I think that it's clearly and unmistakably Glen Morangy. You're gonna get a lot of elements of like white flour, a little bit of lemon peel, jasmine oh, as nice. jasmine as well. But then you're gonna start to notice something deeper, something a little bit darker, something a little bit richer. That is actually the ruby port cast kind of shining through a little it's, bit. there, right?
0: I, I'm, I'm nosing it myself. That's very sweet on the nose. Exactly nailed
3: it's it. Very I, neat very I sweet. pulled out like a little bit of like chocolate as well as some dark like cigar notes. Think I actually maybe it's just the fact that I had a couple of Cuban cigars last night. Oh. But like yeah. <laughs> Still <laughs> yeah. sitting on your palate? Exactly, yeah maybe maybe it is that. But I do get this like You know, almost nutty, driven kind of characteristic to the whiskey, as well as some residual sugar as well that's kind of lingering around the rim of the glass. You know,
0: know, Jamie's a big peat guy. He likes his peat, so he's tasting it right now, and I'm curious, Jamie, what do you think of the peat on this?
1: It's not
2: overpowering. Okay. It's it's in there. It's it's subtle. The peat in this is actually a little more for me right now. It's 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 subtle. I had a sip and a half. not super peaty. It's finishing. It's hanging out. There's some peat there as it's finishing. That fruit, um, that,
0: as it's finishing, as you it's know, very, I'm getting honey. It's very sweet. It's one of
3: food. one of the things that I like to point out, and this is kind of a cool relationship between the two whiskey distilleries, is that I firmly believe that these distilleries. Make a ten-year or a base whiskey that is actually very similar to each other. Yeah. We just go about it by doing the exact opposite thing from each other <laughs> at the at every possible turn. Okay. So Glenmorangie think Highland, Ardbeg think Islay. Glenmorangie definitely think unpeated. It's an unpeated whiskey. Ardbeg right, right. think heavily, heavily peated. Glenmorangie think stainless steel fermentation, and Ardbeg you have to think about the Oregon pine washbacks, oh, wow. right? And then they are the masters in finishing, while Ardbeg utilizes whole components that are aged separately. So the reason that I mentioned that there is because, yes, Glenmorangie is an unpeated whiskey, but there, especially in Quinta Ruban, there are some traces of smoke. Right. Smoke isn't only tethered to peat, right? Right. Smoke can actually come from the interaction of spirit moving in and out of the char la- layer inside of an ex-bourbon barrel, right? Because those barrels are toasted and then charred as well, right? Yeah. So some of that smoke can actually be because of the barrel influence, right? So there is actually a phenolic content to Glenmorangie. It's just really, 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 really low.
2: Yeah, right? so yeah, I wasn't getting much in here at all. It was, it was very... It was
0: very it was very. It's. Like, I. I get a little bit of peaty. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, been
3: sipping on all kinds
0: of stuff yeah. tonight
2: already too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: For, you know, I, scotch for me always. For me, always tastes peaty. Yep. You know. You know, scotch. Because again, my palate sucks. But any scotch really. Send, feels peaty to me. But this mm. has a different element for me. Yep. This is something that I. That I want to actually go. Buy like right now. Absolutely. And, and take it home. You but should. When would. Should, when should someone start to drink this in, in an evening? Would it be. You know, at the beginning of the evening, middle of the evening, after dinner, what would go well with with a uh, Glenmorangie?
3: Whiskey fans, yes, hear me, and hear me now. Yes. Drink whiskey whenever you feel like drinking whiskey. <laughs> drink whiskey however you feel like drinking whiskey. No one should tell you how to enjoy your glass of whiskey. Every per- every dram should be personal to how you enjoy it. I started
0: mm-hmm. asking that question just to know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> every every distiller <Standard>. <laughs> yeah. we
2: talk to yeah. answers the same thing. Exactly. They're like, drink it however you want. Drink just it how you want. It. Just keep <laughs> drinking it, you know?
3: <laughs> but um, I would, I, for me personally, Kinto Ruban, I absolutely love with steak. Yeah, okay. I, I love it with, um, you know, a steak. I love it with bone marrow. Whereas like something like the Glenmorangie original, the tenure that Glenmo does, yeah, yeah. I'll generally drink that in highballs as kind of like refreshing cocktails before going into my meals. But again, that's just me personally. Right? Everybody has everybody has a different relationship with whiskey.
2: I yeah, I just uh, so I was gonna say, what would you pair this with? What yeah. type of what type of food or or, or fruit or or snack would you pair this with? Right. Yeah.
3: I would say absolutely something that has a little bit more weight to it. I, I mentioned like steak kind of as I was think- saying that I was actually thinking like pork chop with some sort of like blue like some sort of like blueberry like cream on top of it or something oh, wow. like that as well um, anything that is like both rich and has like kind of fruit notes at the same time that whiskey oh. will go a long way with yeah mhm exactly you're yeah. hogging it either. yeah so save some for men. me guys like, yeah <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Man camera That's it.
2: It's every man for himself in the Man Yeah.
3: Closed mouths don't get fed, as my mom said. <laughs>
2: All right. So we have another one on the table. Absolutely. And it was really funny because both Matthew and I, we DJ weddings and parties and mm-hmm. stuff on the weekend. I teach high school. He's a banker. I do radio stuff. But we both do weddings. And he's got to meet with a bride and groom and probably yeah. about an hour. Oh, yeah,
0: it's getting there. <laughs> Let's get a double over here. Yeah, right? Yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, we got lots of time. It's going to be great. Yeah. Lots of time. We still I, got an hour. I love you guys. Yeah. I love you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So before we ship Matthew off, mm-hmm. what do we have in this other one? Here? Whiskey number two. We're not we're not in any kind of hurry. Of course, yeah. He's gonna be lit when he goes talk to his brain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's on the phone anyway, so we're good. Uh, oh, it's, a so, oh, it's oh, even right better. Up. Even okay. better. They won't be able to. They won't be able to smell, smell it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say there's,
3: a, there's not enough
0: Tic Tacs. Did he seem mm-hmm. off to you? Yeah. Just a yeah. Little bit. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> He's very jovial. All right. So what do we got? <laughs> so actually, you know, the, it's very interesting that you kind of mentioned. You know, we, they won't be able to smell you over the phone right <laughs> because this whiskey is aromatic as all get out you know this is just an incredible whiskey to me it's already jumping out of the glass actually as you, I was walking behind you yeah. over here to sit down to do this I could actually smell the anO coming out of the glass uh, even go. there right so Ardbeg Anno is an interesting whiskey that Ardbeg actually released in 2017 okay. it's the newest addition to our core range that's actually why I selected it it's also the world whiskey of the year in terms of best Isla whiskies, best peated whiskies, and best non age statement whiskies Ooh. as well. Alright. So Ardbeg NO has done very, very, very well this year. Sounds um, like it. It's yeah. it's an incredible dram that uh, N.O., yeah, exactly. It's like think of it like saying I know but with a Scottish accent. Right. I know I know. Right. Is it on the list here? Absolutely. So it's the second one right there okay. on the list. Right, right. here. Yep, all right. exactly.
0: All right. right with all the awards next to it exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so and those are
3: only from this year as well Wow. right Um, Ardbeg this year was actually named world whiskey distillery of the year uh, which is back to back uh, 2018 and 2019 world whiskey distillery of the year but um, Ardbeg I know like I was saying is the newest whiskey in our core range so this is very interesting and the reason that I selected it is because it's a perfect example of the nuance that Ardbeg is able to create within the peated malt category right so this draws on whiskeys that have spent their whole life in a, a marriage of different barrels. You have some whiskey that spent its whole life in first and second fill ex-bourbon barrels. You have some whiskey that spent its whole life in essentially Pedro Jimenez sherry cast. Okay. And you have whiskey that spent its whole life in virgin American oak, right? So those components are aged separately, but then they're brought together to create a new whiskey. Right? And so that's really the large difference between how Ardbeg and Glenmorangie work. Glenn Morringy, master's in finishing whiskeys. Yeah. Ardbeg, master's in assembling whiskeys. Okay. right? Now. I love
2: that. Mm-hmm.
3: And so, uh,
2: Dr, Dr. Bill is uh, leading up a crew. He's a busy man. Uh,
3: making these blends. Absolutely. All right, so this is a blend. Yes. it's it's a it is by definition a single malt okay. but it's a vatting of different barrels okay. right so blend would so lead we'll us to right believe away. that it would be either single malts from multiple yeah. different distilleries sure. or essentially essentially single malt that has been teaspooned into grain whiskey. right that's what blend would imply okay. we refer this to this as a vatting because these are this is a single malt from a single distillery, okay. it's just different barrels, different styles of barrels that are being brought together. It's got some right. amazing legs on it. Yeah. It has it really incredible does. legs to it, right? A lot of that is actually because of the first and second fill ex bourbon, but more importantly, actually the virgin American oak. So virgin American oak is very high, or American oak in general, is very high in a compound called lignin, right? Okay. So lignins essentially are broken down into smaller chains, things like vanillin, right? So that's why when you drink something like a bourbon, you think custard, you think vanilla, you think toffee, right? Right. That's because of American oak and its lignin content, right? Wow, okay. See,
0: I've never heard that word lignin before. Mm -hmm. In in all honesty, we've had a number of shows. That's the first time anyone's ever mentioned the word lignin. Right? Well,
3: again, that's, that's what kind of gives you that. like. That's why people are like, well, bourbon is so sweet. Mm-hmm. There's no sugar added to bourbon whiskey. It's actually just the interaction of the chemical compounds that exist within the wood and then the new-made spirit, right? Because right. alcohol is a solvent, right? So it breaks things down. It pulls flavors. It pulls compound. And it extracts things out of that wood, right?
0: Right, right, right. Because I always get a vanilla feel out of any bourbon that I drink. Exactly. Because that's yeah. just where my palate takes yep. me. It's not. It's not educated enough.
3: Well, no, it is. It's perfectly educated because you're getting the main. Yeah, you're getting the. Per, you're getting that uh, that vanillin, and that is a key indicator of American oak, right? So this whiskey is designed to be soft up front. It's supposed to be very inviting, almost supple, right? So I get like. Kind of mold honey almost. Um, fresh, I get like fresh malted barley, a little bit of chocolate, maybe some blackberry, a little bit of fresh cracked pepper, and then. Phew, that smoke, it's almost incendiary, right? That black yeah, pepper, yeah. yeah. The, that the
2: black the, pepper
0: came out the berry, there.
2: the mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm feeling that. And that then the, pepper the, pepper the smoke almost, is in there very much Exactly. Nice. I it's, love uh, the smoke on that. Mm-hmm. But it's
0: not it's not overbearing. It is it is a perfect blend. Yeah, exactly. That smoke just really comes out right. and it hits hit me really nicely.
2: Ethanol flavor at all. You, uh, getting, mm-hmm. I mean getting I, I had none on, yeah. on, on on the first one. Yeah a little in this but not i mean you're drinking yeah Yeah. Yeah. absolutely so just getting a little bit on this one not a i didn't
0: really get any ethanol on that
2: but the 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 peat is like Mm -hmm. rounding it out and that goes that was there for just a moment and then the peat is just the peat's still hanging out
3: absolutely but you know it's very interesting even though we only utilize one recipe to create ardbeg's new made spirit It's essentially that same recipe, that 55 to 65 parts per million in terms of its phenolic content. We're able to create whiskeys that appear less smoky or more smoky or more complex based on the barrels that we're utilizing to create those whiskeys, right? So, in the case of Anno, Anno actually tastes smokier to me than the 10 year does, even though it's softer up front. Again, back to that kind of PD paradox, right? It's
2: such a great smoky taste. It's got such a great smoky feel. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm loving PD paradox. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's going on a t shirt. (laughs) It's going on a t shirt. PD paradox. Love it. A guy in a kilt behind some turntables with a bottle. I mean, Mm -hmm. see it.
3: Mm, I was, that was, deli- yeah, was so That was so delicious. <laughs> yeah. I completely forgot what we were about to taste and just blindly took a sip of it. And I was just, oh,
0: gets my juices
3: flowing. That is, yeah, exciting yeah, whiskey. You know,
0: your knowledge, Cameron, thank you so much. You of know, course, no no a problem. problem. With, with the and N.O. and the Glen Moranji, oh my goodness. Yeah. This is really a lot of fun.
3: You know, I, that's one of the things is, I'm a full-on proponent that whiskey should be less of a dark and scary and kind of mysterious place. We should have fun with our whiskey. We should encourage people to make cocktails. Whiskey should bring people together. It's not built to divide people, right? Whiskey should be a unifier.
2: Where are these available? Uh, So we're here in the metro Detroit area, but nationwide, readily available? Readily available. Yep. uh,
3: These are both whiskeys that exist in the core range of of both houses, so we make these whiskeys 365 days a year nice. every single year um you will there will never be really shortages on on either of these whiskeys i guess i shouldn't promise that <laughs> dr bill keep up the good work yeah, don't yeah, allow yeah, yeah, yeah. shortages now That's that i promised that to the people towards, right uh, yeah. exactly yeah uh, but right
2: now pretty readily readily, readily available, available. yeah all, okay. all markets yep. okay so if you look around you'll find it and uh, oh yeah cameron yeah. thank you Thank thank of course, we not We enough of
0: your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you so very much. For really everything. appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for
3: having me on, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work, y'all. Yeah, right. absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. cheers. Thank you very much, y'all. Yeah, cheers. 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 Yeah, there it is. clink. <laughs> clank.
0: clank.
2: <laughs> so great conversation with Cameron. Oh my goodness. Uh, about the, the spirits, right? Such a great Len guy. Then Ranji. Really great guy. Ardbeg. Right? Yeah. Gotta say, I gotta say, right. Yeah. Uh, they're tricky.
0: Glen Morange. Morange. Was it? Glen Morange. More orangey. More Glenn Glen Morange. Yeah. Hard Bay. <laughs> it, it'll roll off the palate eventually. So, right? but yeah,
2: like we said, we're here downtown Detroit, and one of our favorite places to be downtown Detroit, and in downtown Detroit, in Corktown, one of our favorite places to be the Sugar House. Sugar House. Thank Certainly you. Certainly my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> And, and with us. <laughs> yeah, Jason, Jason Lineart. So, Jason, what do you do here at uh, the Sugar House?
1: Uh, well, I started off as a bar back at the Sugar House a little over four years ago. Currently, I work in marketing for the hospitality group, the Detroit Optimist Society, that oversees the Sugar House and some other bars and restaurants within the city of Detroit, yeah. including uh, Wright & Company, the Peterborough, Bad Luck, Honest John's, wow. Muni Tiki Bar. Um, oh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh <laughs> Now I can't remember who I didn't say. Uh, Grandma Bob's right across the street. Um, so we've got all those properties currently. But I did bartend here for a number of years. I still work on the whiskey program and and the marketing. So it's, a, it's really fun.
2: So the Sugar House, they, I mean, they have a few properties. Uh, but tell us about the Sugar House because it's about eight years running.
1: Yep. Our uh, eight-year anniversary is uh, coming up October 7th. Yeah. Uh, we're super excited. It's Detroit's original craft cocktail bar. So, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys do it
0: right. Phenomenal job. Yeah,
1: Thank you. Dave Kwiatkowski is the uh, sole owner here at the Sugar House. He's got a variety of different uh, partners that work at some of the other properties Uh after the fact, but at the Sugar House, it's, uh, you know, Dave is from a Michigan-Detroit uh, area originally. Uh, you know, he traveled, worked in Chicago for a number of years. He had a, a blog uh, that was really popular. He was super into cocktails, so he moved back to Detroit. Uh, just really wanted to introduce uh, Detroit to, uh, you know, craft cocktails that he was familiar with. So I remember there's an anecdote of him. A lot of his friends were, you know, giving him shit for you know are you opening up an ultra lounge a martini bar and nobody really understood i guess at the time sort yeah. of what the craft cocktail you know here at craft cocktails entailed so um it's been great i've uh, kind of started off i guess as a more of a prohibition speakeasy um people were still trying to wrap their heads around exactly what you know cocktails represented with you know fresh ingredients and a range of spirits uh quality care all that good stuff so um
2: the, spa- the space is great. We yeah. love it. because Corktown, here yeah, we're downtown Detroit. People don't Detroit's oldest Detroit neighborhood. Area, yep. You don't know that it's Corktown is just uh, just uh, right adjacent to where the former Tiger Stadium used Correct. to be. And Correct. then they opened this
0: massive, massive Comerica Park thing, <laughs> yeah. and
2: they tore down you know Briggs Stadium, Tiger uh-huh. Stadium. They tore it down, and it was really kind of a coin toss as to what was going right. to happen to Corktown because. The the bars and restaurants down around here, I mean, really relied on the Tigers and, and Tiger Stadium. Very much so. And so when the stadium moved about you know a mile and a half, three miles over, uh, it was really what's going to happen in Corktown and, and Detroit wasn't on its juggernaut return that it is on right now. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was really a, a, a coin toss at that point, and then mm-hmm. they jumped in, and that's around that time when they jumped in. Uh, and, and open this up, you know. You have you know the the Mercury Bar, the Slow's Barbecue. Yeah. There's some good eats around here, and then you got the Sugar House with some some great great food. Just um, the
0: at, the atmosphere, the space itself. You know the yeah. It's very Art Deco. Yeah. At, at that, I'm not. I'm Art not. Were, were you part of this whole show no, I I don't
1: have anything to do with the design. <laughs> so the lovely
0: wall of death. Uh,
1: yeah. No, I so mean lovely
2: wall of death. It's certainly yeah. the
1: the lovely wall of death has grown over time. If you go back far enough, you can find some pictures of the first year where there's like maybe thirty bottles in the back bar. But that was uh, solely up to Dave, a labor of love. You know, he yeah. lived upstairs. Uh, Dave was generally uh, really involved with the design and actual physical construction so he built this place uh pretty much you know obviously with help but his vision his uh his uh, manual labor and as well as uh he actually bartended initially so that was you know going on eight years i've been here about five years a little over five years so you know when i uh started here to speak to the growth of Corktown, i mean there was a point where i think we didn't even have a sign on the door and people were Wondering, oh, is it just kind of like the overflow of Slows? Because Slows was such an iconic Detroit institution, you know. Um, But, yeah, Uh, even up to five years ago, cars were getting stolen. Oh, I I was going to say, you come down
2: down to Quarktown, Make sure you take all your shit out of your oh, car, because yeah. your window is most likely going to get popped.
1: But now that's not the case, so that's yeah, you, I know, know. Had, case I, anymore, you know. I've had you
2: know, as yeah. like I've yeah. had my window cracked in front of St. Andrews yeah. more than once back in the you know mid nineties. Yeah. Any know, any city like, that
1: you go to, that's going to be a thing for. Me. But I I specifically remember Saturday nights. The city is changing. Working it. and yeah. literally cars would get stolen right on Michigan Avenue right from in front of the bar, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you felt so bad. But you know, even in the last you know, two three years, um, it's really accelerated. And you've got Ford. You know, purchased the train station over there, yeah. uh, as well as investing in a number of uh, blocks here. So you guys are
2: poised for, for some greatness here at, yeah. at, at, at the Sugar House.
0: Hey, you guys have uh, events that happen here every so often. You do live uh, jazz bands as well yep. and such like that. Is Nicole that a monthly New? thing? Or?
1: Yeah, Nicole New uh, is our monthly uh, jazz feature once we a love, month on we, Sunday we, she's night. She's a friend of the show. She's, oh, she's uh, amazing. Uh, uh, I think you know I've been fortunate to or see we her. Want her to be a
2: friend of the show. <laughs> well, we should it's, work uh, uh, yeah. on no, no, that. Yeah. No, no. So we we know her. It's like I said, I teach high school, and the guy who was my student teacher, I DJed his wedding. She was the maid of honor and sang at the wedding. We worked and we've known each other from the bars do, and yeah. pubs and stuff. And uh, no, she she is awesome. That's a good it's a good thing if you're in Detroit, uh, you know look her look at look it up because that's a a good that's a good go wherever she's performing she's
1: amazing i've had the pleasure to see her at a number of uh, locations but there's something special about her in the space the uh, the size the intimacy sort of sunday night you know her voice is amazing i think the interesting thing about what we do here is is it's technically called the jazz jams because what she does she's always singing but she opens it up to any musician that kind of wants to come in and just step in so you know people will come in come out and Huh. It
2: really is an oh, interesting... It's like an open mic Yeah, in a way, bug. yeah. Can she do like Brandy, Looking Glass? Because that's my jam. <laughs> so
1: I imagine, if, I imagine she could not get out of the park. Oh, that's
2: karaoke. No, never mind. It's that's different. That's different. So our bartenders here, your bartenders here. Yes. Uh, pretty cool. They're up there shaking it up. And uh, tell me about your bartenders, because it, it seems like you got a pretty cool array of folks behind the bar. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean as a I came up through the Sugar House system myself. starting as a bar bag server, bartender, uh, manager and uh, honestly, you know, Sugar House has been recognized uh, one of Esquire's best bars, uh, you know, in America. It's a nationally recognized craft cocktail program, so standards are really high. It's a it's a, a strenuous program that you've got to stick with and uh, but the resu- uh, you know, the end result is that you, you got a lot of really talented people and passionate about what they do. Yeah, I mean it's 101 classic cocktails. Our menu is 101 classic cocktails, seasonal, mm-hmm. a rotating menu. I think on any given month we pull the product mix. We could have 350 unique cocktails that people make. So, wow. in addition to you know over 600 spirits on the back bar, so wow, you know okay. you got to put the There's work a lot in, up there. Yeah. right? Even you know you got to put the work in before you step behind the bar. But what that does is it creates a a, a system where Again, like you're passionate about spirits, you're passionate about hospitality, you're passionate about uh, cocktails. You get behind the bar, and that's what we do. We create memorable experiences and through and hospitality. You know,
0: Sugar House has set the bar very, very high yeah. in in, in Thank Detroit you. alone. So, yeah. so everyone's trying to yeah, try to do the same thing or trying to mimic what you do. Yeah. I, I think people are
2: trying to mimic what's happening here because yeah, uh, yeah. it is it is very very cool well i mean and we
1: do we do mixology class i to this day i'm surprised i mean for five years straight we've been doing mixology classes that sell out every month so wow. you know people come in and because and people and want
2: to make these cocktails at oh, home yeah, absolutely. because it's fun. it's fun you paper clip a fucking leaf to a fun. goddamn cup there what the hell <laughs> yeah that but it works yeah i want it's, it's you got your crinkly scissors and yeah. you, you cut that out and, 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 it's, uh, and
1: it's no judgment you know it's, it's like uh, no it's great <laughs> It's, no, it's fun. It's, it's like good, if people it, want to do that it, home, amazing. but you guys
2: teach that, and yeah, it's fun to come down and, and do that. So um, there was something else. I was going somewhere else. Uh, ah. it, it escaped me. Uh, the the cocktails, the, the like. recipes that that uh, are behind the bar. That was what I was gonna say. Who's welcome at the Sugar House?
1: Oh, everybody. That's that's what I was kind of getting at with like, there's no judgment. I mean maybe they're uh, at times 21, 21 and over and, and that's, that's it 21 and over yes, yes. That's, that's, definitely, that's, that's that's the judgment. only judgment. thing
2: game that's on
1: other than that game on you know because right? I'm an old fart yeah. I'm like what
2: 53 hey. now are you sure yeah okay <laughs> yeah. I'm allowed
1: absolutely I'm not Absolutely. No.
2: No hipster judgment.
1: No, no, absolutely right. not. You know, I mean, you know, if somebody wants to come and order a Jack Yo, and hey, Coke, I would Generation
2: X, get out here. put that in
1: front of your face with a smile, and hopefully, by the time you're sitting there, you <laughs> it's say, called, it's you know, hospitality. Yeah, right? it's, it is. It really is hospitality. We strive <laughs> to create memorable experiences. of Hospitality, and if if what is in the glass puts a smile on your face, then we're happy with that. Excellent. Now, hopefully, if we, you know, if you order Jack and Coke and you're happy, by the time you're sitting there enjoying that Jack and Coke. Um, you know, the person next to you or down the bar are having conversations. You're seeing things being smoked. You're seeing things being lit on fire. You're hearing conversations about interesting things. Maybe by your second or third drink, you're willing to step in and try something a little bit different. And then, you there's
0: know, no, there's no televisions to watch here. Anyways, sure. Yeah. So I might yeah, well talk that's to someone. Yeah, another one yeah. of
1: these
2: bars that I, I love right. because there's not a there's, there's not, not a television a TV. inside. Yeah. There's not, except for recording this silly thing. Oh yeah. Um, I haven't touched <laughs> my phone since we've been in here. So I haven't even tweeted the pictures I've taken yet. So I'll tweet when I get out of here. <laughs> That's what it is. It's uh, a love of friends.
1: It's a love of spirits. It's a love about you know just connecting and and having the drinks be a part of an experience. You know? All right.
2: Well, Jason, thanks for uh, inviting us down. Thanks yeah, for bringing pleasure. the uh, the yard bag and uh, Glenn Moranji guys in here, Cameron. Let us talk to Cameron. Uh, thanking us for uh, setting up the man cave shop in the, in the, <laughs> in the face of your bar here. I yeah, really, pleasure. we really appreciate it. And uh, you know, we'll be back. Uh, as long as you don't change the address cheers Cheers, man
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you